Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Cole, and I will be your host for today's podcast. I am the founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, a company that is focused on building out effective security roadmaps that actually work to protect an organization. In today's episode, I'm joined by Cleet Bordeaux, Director of Healthcare Business Development at HID Global, and Mike Ramstack, System Senior Director of Security from Essentia Health. And we're here to talk about physical identity challenges in the healthcare industry. So let's go ahead and kick things off with Mike. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what Essentia Health does? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. My background has been kind of a varied background over over the years. I haven't been in healthcare my whole career, but I've been doing this almost 30 years. I started my career in the um, public sector, in law enforcement. The last almost 20 years I've been um, in the private sector. I've worked in a multitude of different industries, globally, nationally, locally. Um, So different experiences from that aspect, as I stated, in in a multitude of different uh, styles of industry. The last uh, eight years I've been uh, working in healthcare. As stated currently, I'm with Essentia Health, which is a health system spread across three states. Um, So we are in uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and North Dakota. We have about 13 hospitals uh, around somewhere in the 100 range of clinics spread across. Um, And our kind of platform is... We're more of a um, critical access hospitals located more in rural locations um, outside of uh, our primary locations or our bigger facilities located in Duluth, Brainerd Lakes, Minnesota, and uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Um, So that's a little bit about us and a little bit about uh, my background. And Cleet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at HID Global? Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Mike. Cleet Bordeaux. I am with HID Global. I have been here for about, coming up on seven years, wow. I am Director of Healthcare Business Development. I've been doing that for about four years, and Eric, I have found that to be probably the most rewarding sector of a 20-plus year physical security career, uh, going back to the late 90s. So um, that's where I'm at, and that's this is probably where I will finish out. I enjoy it that much. And you mentioned that you really enjoy the space and and love working in the physical security. Can you sort of, from your perspective, because I know you work with a lot of different clients, not just Essentia Health, what do you view as the biggest challenges in the healthcare industry when it comes to physical security today? So the, the fact that it is healthcare, and that's what makes it also interesting to work in this space, Eric, it's always something different. And so that, that's a great question because that's a challenge. There's a challenge right now. And my challenge right now is probably different than this same time last year. So, you know, for the purposes of today, big challenges are compliance. Compliance is becoming a challenge. Uh, COVID has kind of fallen to the wayside. So now it's more in line with compliance. Uh, the, the just American or well, actually the global economy is also becoming a healthcare security challenge. Interestingly enough, inflation, recession, uh, inability to find uh, FTEs, like these are challenges that 
my clients and my potential clients are facing and I'm trying to help them navigate. So they become my challenges as well. So uh, like I said, that's one of the things I enjoy about this, this space is it's always something different. If we had this call two years ago, obviously managing COVID and number of visitors, that would have been clearly number one, but things have shifted now. Workplace violence, uh, inflation, overrunning on the budget so they can't get the proper technology. So those are some of the, the, the more current challenges that I'm personally facing. Now, Cleet, you mentioned the pandemic. Is that still having a big impact on you today or has that sort of been problem solved and you're moving on to the next challenge? From the conversations that I have, it is pretty much falling to the wayside. Um, which presents another challenge, actually, <laughs> that does present another challenge because there were great strides being made in, in so many areas of healthcare security. And without COVID, the, the motivation to make those changes seems to not be there for senior leadership. And so you couple that. So, so changes that security directors like Mike have wanted to make for years, they don't necessarily have the ammunition to make it as much anymore because COVID is not as high on the radar for most people. So um, in answer to your question, it has kind of fallen to the wayside, but that's not necessarily a good thing for some of us in healthcare security. So, so Mike, uh, Cleet mentioned how sort of the pandemic going to the wayside is creating challenges. Can you talk a little bit about that in Essentia Health? Is that sort of what you're seeing where it's making things more difficult or how are you transitioning from post-pandemic into sort of what we call this new normal? Yeah, I think um, there's definitely some challenges um, related from the transition back. I think some of that is, you know, um, taking a look at um, what impacted some of the things we do during COVID, which I think was positive for many healthcare organizations, was realizing, um, you know, as they had to screen individuals coming into their environment um, to meet compliance from that standpoint, many discovered like we didn't have control over our facilities. So getting control, closing entry points um, that maybe would have been a normally open or having a more open feel and closing it down a little bit more. Um, there were a lot of positive things that came from that. I, I think the challenge comes is as we relax on things um, and coming out of the pandemic. So for example, you know, here at our organization, you no longer have to wear that mask in the uh, hospital. And I think some people view as, you know, maybe not having to do that anymore as also meaning we should be wide open. And I, for example, somebody reached out to me and asked if we were going to open up more entry points now that the pandemic officially was over. And you know, my response back was, no, we weren't, because as an organization, what we discovered was, you know, controlling our environment was much easier and without having all these access points. And from a security perspective, we were going to default on the safety uh, of everybody in our facility over um, what maybe our past uh, perception would have been of, you know, convenience overrides everything. So uh, we're seeing some of those things and some of those challenges because as things outside of healthcare open back up after coming out of the pandemic and relaxing maybe certain things, uh, we certainly want to make sure we're still maintaining the best safe environment we can. And one of our biggest challenges, um, and I and kind of hit on it, and it's not just healthcare security, but, it, it, you know, many businesses across the country just in regards to staffing, um, you know, strong physical security program has has layers, and and part of that component is the physical person um, to help do some things. And um, I see that as being a bigger, bigger and more uh, struggle for us as an organization 
um, when it comes to security. Um, and that's part of, you know, what we're seeing as we transition out of this pandemic. And, you know, we've lost a lot of people in the workforce for various reasons. And it's, it's a struggle for us to get good qualified folks to fill some of these roles. Now, switching from challenges and sort of looking at the next six to 12 months, what would you say are your top two or three biggest priorities when it comes to physical security in, in terms of Essentia Health? Like, what are the big areas you're really focusing on and want to tackle over the next six to 12 months? Yeah, Eric, I think um, our three primary things that we're looking at and we're tackling, uh, one is around the process of going into maintaining control of our environment and rolling out more formalized uh, visitor management process um, for our facilities. Uh, So that's one thing we're currently working on. The second thing is, as we all know, and you can turn on the TV um, every day and you see things going on in the country as as violence continues to increase um, and concerns over uh, those types of incidents from happening and occurring, um, we are focused on how do we maintain the safest environment. One is identifying, like I mentioned, with visitor management, who's in our facilities, but then two is weapons screening. So that's another priority of ours and how do we go about doing that in a right, the right way. So, and then the last thing, you know, it's really a primary focus for us is because of staffing, those kinds of things is really how do we transition some of our mindset and build that strong physical security program and leverage technology more to make us less reliant on having to have as many people to do some things that we could maybe leverage technology for. We're always going to have to have the people part of it, um, but how do we become more efficient and effective uh, from that standpoint of leveraging the technology um, to help offset some of that of what we're seeing with those struggles in regards to personnel? Now, just following up with that, with technology, always comes sort of the budget issue and getting the money to spend on that. Are you seeing that as a big challenge where when you're asking for money or resources, say for weapon screening or things like that, are the executives pretty open or are they still pushing back on budget and resources and wanting you to do more with less? Well, I think I'm pretty fortunate um, here um, at Essentia is, you know, there is support. Of course, we do have financial restraint, just like everybody else. And Cleek kind of mentioned with the economy, the government pulling back and certain reimbursements, uh, those kinds of things. So it certainly is a challenge, but it's about prioritizing as an organization what's important. You know, we are on this journey right now of improving and making sure that we are doing everything we can to create the safest environment for our employees, our visitors, our patients um, from that perspective. So Um, It's always going to be a challenge because there's always competing priorities and there's only so many dollars. So my job is really to, you know, evaluate what are the requests that we have and, you know, create that kind of strategic plan that says this is a phased in approach because we can't do everything at once. But what's that biggest bang for our buck, if you will, of what we can put in and, you know, demonstrating to the organization um, that positive return um, based on those dollars spent and what, what that means to the organization. And um, so I've always been very fortunate in the fact of, you know, having those conversations and taking a, you know, a approach based on um, information and accurate information has really helped kind of drive that. So I wouldn't say that uh, my experience here is everybody's experience in healthcare because I certainly know uh, talking to peers, um, it's a challenge um, and it's, and it's going to continue to be a challenge, but it's, it's how do we present that and how do we work in, that into the overall organization 
organization's um, you know strategic plan and, and how, how are we playing a part in that? Eric, I just wanted to add to what Mike is saying. You know, he's speaking on his experience at Essentia, and I'll just just tell you guys from talking to others, he's he's spot on. He's spot on. He laid it out. Um, so I just wanted to give that industry perspective because you know Mike's speaking from his experience at Essentia, and he may have in some cases even more support than others, but. That is generally the sentiment and answer to your question from elsewhere, Eric. It is absolutely a challenge for the very reasons that Mike outlined. Now, Clee, what, what do you see as effective ways where if organizations are getting these increased demands on physical security, physical protection, but the board is pushing back, what have you found as ways to either help them prioritize or help better show the return on investment to get the resources they need to implement the effective security measures? Um, Funny enough, what I learned to be most effective in that area and and in some ways how to even coach others into being successful in that venture, I actually learned from working with Mike. And long story short, Eric, and, and Mike touched on it, there are so many competing priorities when it comes to healthcare. It's, it's about patient care, it's about hospital budgeting, et cetera, latest advancements medically. And so you can't rely upon, or I encourage uh, healthcare security professionals not to rely upon just saying, hey, here's a cool camera, can we get this? That, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. And so when you say, what's the best way to you know, help your organization realize its security priorities, data. And that's what I learned a lot from Mike. Um, and that's what I preach to others. You need to capture data. You need to capture data of the current state, projected states, maybe small pilot programs. Like, I mean, again, these are all things that I learned from him in the past that, that were successful for him at one organization. And he, I assume he took some of that same stuff up to his new organization. Um, that's what I would encourage for security professionals. Data via, it can be via consulting. It can be via your own pet projects that you've run on on a very limited basis after hours, but step before your leadership with data, not just random requests in a brochure from your security partner about the latest camera, the latest weapons detection, et cetera. Uh, Make sure you got some data with you. Now, Cleve, building on that, I, I agree with you. You're spot on. You can't look at anything in a vacuum. You sort of have to step back and look at a big picture. So a lot of what we're really talking about has to deal with visitor management. And we talked about weapon screening and things like that. And it's easy to sort of put that under a microscope and only look at it by itself. But can you sort of talk to us how visitor management is really part of a multi-pronged approach and really a much bigger solution for the organization? Absolutely. Um, It really begins with visitor management. It really begins with knowing who's in your facility. And that, that starts from uh, Eric's in an accident and I transported him there to the emergency room. I'm on your property. I am sitting in your facility. You have no idea who I am and what I'm about. So visitor management really is, is really that. That's the perimeter. That's your perimeter there. And, and coupled with that, when we talk about multi-pronged, coupled with that, there's cameras. Who's walking in the door? Who's in my door? Why are they here? And then you know, it just goes on and on from there. Cameras around the facility. Then it can start to get into weapons detection. You, you'd be very surprised, Eric, to hear, maybe not actually, <laughs> but um, you'd be very surprised to understand, especially in some of these rural areas, just how easily somebody comes through the door with all types of weapons just as part of their everyday life. 
machetes I hear about, uh, weapons in open carry states, and um, those aren't necessarily things that you want to be in a healthcare environment. So now we start to get into weapons detection. We start to get into audio detection. These people that are within your facility, um, and that could be patients or visitors, are they known bad actors? Are they on national lists where we should be concerned with them? Are we aware of them having violent tendencies due to their condition? Like there is, there's so many things to be concerned about. I, I highly respect those in Mike's position uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg and uh, thinking about all the various angles that he needs to be concerned with. But I, I take pride in making sure to preach the gospel for one of the very first ones. And that is who's in your facility. You know, he can do so many, he or she can do so many things once they're there. Obviously there's a uh, patient generated violence. There's visitor generated incidents. There's theft of tens of thousands of dollars, individual medical devices. There's, there's all these things. Where does that start? That starts with understanding who is coming in our facility. So that, that's my little piece of contribution, but there are a lot of angles to consider that I'm sure Mike can, can chime in on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would just, you know, kind of piggyback off what Cleet is saying is that, you know, we look at a strong physical security program, right? I mean, there's there's four main components to to that. You you have our ultimate goal is to deter something from happening, right? So that's kind of that first first level. And our second level that we, we want to, you know, ensure is happening is that detection. So that's really where the technology comes in to play, right? And then it's that delaying, you know, something from happening to give us the ability to respond, to hopefully, you know, eliminate, you know, something from happening, um, or at least minimize the outcome. And I think when we talk about visitor management, it really is that second layer, right? I mean, our first layer is that perimeter security that we have in place. But when we're open for business, you know, or it's our general hours of operation, um, that kind of first layer is open so that then we have that visitor management. And I think what we learned at the previous healthcare organization I was at and just other industries I was in just in general, because that visitor management has been around for a long time, but in healthcare is controlling our environment and somebody coming in. It's not just the fact that we know who they are. It's that they know we know who they are. And that's a big deterrent. And, you know, the project that we did um, at my last organization over a two year span, once we had things fully in place, I mean, we reduced visitor violence by 80%. And a lot of it really came down to that touch point. And that touch point is that visitor management, you're coming in, we're having the conversation. Why, you know, my big push and my conversations I have are, you know, we need to control the environment. Well, how do we do that? We do it within the lobby. And having a strong visitor management program really means that. It shouldn't be many organizations put in what they call visitor management, but it's it's self-compliant, meaning like if I come in and you don't have anything that prevents me from walking by the desk and you're busy checking somebody else in, I can just walk on by. And so somehow, some way that that checkpoint has to be mandatory, right? Um, and things that we've used or I've used in the past, you know, optical barriers. Um, that, so you can't get past that point. You can't just bypass us. Um, and you have to come get that credential that then grants you that access. And by simply, you know, controlling it, we're preventing things from why are we allowing, you know, people to walk into our facility and walk up to a floor. And then now if they want to cause a problem, the problem begins there. So for example, someone walks in our lobby, uh, we have visitor management, they come in, they're um, extremely intoxicated, they're already irritated and agitated. Why would we introduce that into the environment and now put that onto the care staff to have to manage it 
and or allow to get to a situation which now where security has to be called and I'll deal with the situation. So those are some of the, you know, things uh, over time we've learned within these environments, but it's it's not as easy as it sounds all the time because it is a very delicate balance because of what we do and taking care of people. Um, so you have to have that balance in how we do all those things that creates our environment to be welcoming and inviting, but also, um, you know, safe and secure. And Mike, as we just start to wrap up, because you sort of touched on it, but I'd like to go a little deeper. How do you manage that balance between proper physical security but also customer service. Like you said, you're in the business that if somebody is injured or needs emergency care, you need to get them back very quickly. But on the other hand, the quicker you get them back, the biggest the threat. So how, how do you balance the priority of serving the customer yet still keeping the facility safe? Yeah, that's a good question, Eric. I think, um, you know, certainly uh, somebody seeking and needing help is the first priority. And, you know, over time, it's what is what are those workflows that you have in place? So if that is something that happens, how do we have that follow up? How do we, you know, go back, get the priority met, meaning that that medical attention, but then how do we have the additional follow up? Right. Um, so a previous institution I came from, you know, our ED, we did weapon screening. Uh, but if there were those cases or somebody came in via the, the ambulance um, bay um, and not the main entrance um, or they came in via a wheelchair, they couldn't walk, your traditional walkthrough isn't going to be successful for you. And you, you do want to get them that care immediately. But how you balance is, is then you have to have what's that follow up? process. We don't just forget about it or say, oh, well, that person we don't check. And, and we had follow-up procedures, whether that was then going back after the, you know, things were stabilized and checking any, you know, type of packages or purses, backpacks that might have come in at that time and or just doing a cursory check in regards to, you know, using a wand or uh, those types of things. We still ensured the process was followed. It might have been not immediate, but you know, again, in those situations, certainly urgent situations, those things are going to happen. Um, and we just all have to understand that. But I think it's also that balance comes in with you have to be a team player. And in security, it's not us against everybody else. We have to be working together. And when we're building these workflows and these processes, we have to include our our partners in security because security can't do it alone. I mean, we talk about that all the time. And, you know, so if that is the case and that does happen, what can they be doing? You know, at that point that knowing that, hey, this came in, this is an urgent thing, knowing it didn't go through that initial plan screening process, what parts can can that the other rest of the staff that's dealing with the, the urgent matter um, do and be aware of and pay attention to. And that's really, in, in my opinion, how any security program is going to be successful because we can put anything in and we can have all this great stuff. But if our employees aren't engaged in a part of the process, you know, there's everything can be circumvented, right? Um, so I think that's that's the biggest key. And Mike, I think as we wrap up, you summed it up great where security is a team sport. You can't just put it on one person or one division. Everyone in the organization needs to play a part. So I just want to thank Cleed and Mike for all your great insight on today's topic. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure you head over to hidglobal.com and essentiahealth.org. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
And for more great daily content, head over to em360tech.com.